Well, thanks for taking this journey with us. Uh, we wanted to create some elements that would make it very different than the norm around here. And uh, we've had one prayer, is that you would encounter Jesus this morning in a very powerful way. I want you to, you're going to have to just trust me on this. We wanted to create the mood of being quiet and dark. And I understand you can't no take notes. Uh, maybe you can go back and listen online if you want to do that. But I want to just read a scripture from the book of Amos, the fifth chapter, the 23rd and the 24th verse. It's on the top of your outline. You can look at it later. I understand if you're over 40, you can't see, okay? Away with the noise of your songs. I will not listen to the music of your harps, but let justice roll on like a river, righteousness like a never-falling stream. You know, this morning, uh, our hope is that this experience would slow you down would help you to find a hiding place in Jesus. We are a celebratory church by design, and we give praise to our Most High God. But for months now, the Lord's been speaking to me about this thing called reverence, and He's been trying to teach me. I've meditated on a lot of scriptures in preparing for this morning. And I just want to speak, why is reverence necessary? Why is reverence a big thing? I understand it's Family Sunday, and I just want to go ahead and affirm the children that are here today. I know it's very tough for you to be in here in this kind of experience. But moms and dads, I want to tell you this. This is your time. This is your teachable moment for you to teach your little boy or little girl what it is to have reverence in the house of God. And it's not just for boys and girls. It's for teenagers, and it's for young adults and older adults that somehow have lost some of the reverence of how awesome God is. In the contemporary movement that we find ourselves being a part of and we give thanks to God, this is the thing that sometimes we neglect, so I felt like it was time to visit it. But it's not just the contemporary, it's the Western world. I believe the Western world church that we're a part of somehow doesn't have reverence for God the way we should. So in our time this morning, I'm praying that God is going to just get us, maybe snatch us up, and say, you know, this is for you. I want you to journey with me. See, reverence for God produces confidence. And that is one thing that I pray all the time, is that a people of God, as a people of hope, that we have confidence in Him. People who are truly wise, as Scripture says, will possess reverence. They'll come into the Lord's temple. And that's what this is. We call it the living room. You might call it the sanctuary. You might call it the church. But as we come into God's place, into God's house, there needs to be reverence in the house. And sometimes we don't do that very well. We, Man, we know what it is to go into high praise, and man, I'm glad for that. I love the high praise. But this morning, I want us to think about, well, God, I want to learn what it is to have reverence for you, how to give respect to you, God. Um, as I was looking up the word reverence, and a lot of the Bible dictionaries, it doesn't even talk a lot about reverence. It talks about the word respect. So you can interchange those words when we go, God, I reverence you. I stand in awe of who you are, God, but I reverence, I respect the name of God. I want you to listen to Leviticus 19.30. It says, observe my Sabbaths and have reverence for my sanctuary. I am the Lord. That means when we come into this place, there should be reverence in our lives for Him. Exodus 3.5. It says, take off your sandals for the place where you are standing is holy ground. I want everybody to stand up. I want you to stand up. I want you to take your shoes off. Yeah, I told you this is going to be a participatory service. You just put them off. Just take them off. See, I believe today 
The ground that we're standing on is holy ground. Would you agree with me? You're saying, well, man, I like this practice. Where are we going to do this every Sunday when we come in? You could if you wash your feet. But the bottom line is, we're standing on holy ground. We're standing in the presence of God. You can be seated. Don't put your shoes on, though. You can do that at the end of the service. Oh, there's a lot of scripture. I just want you to hear the word of the Lord. The Jews of the Old Testament, they would make their journey to the synagogue. And as they went into the house of God, there would be priests there. And they would read the scriptures for hours upon hours. Just recently I saw in the news where there was some community and they were reading through the book of the Bible, through all the books from Genesis to Revelation. They had a marathon and they began to read the word of God in Genesis. And until they finished the last verse, they read the entire word. Our generation didn't know anything about that. And there's a lot of scriptures. I just want you to hear because you see the word has power, not me. The word breaks the yoke in this morning. I just want you to hear it. Matter of fact, this is so sacred. I want you to stand again. Just, just stand and receive. There's no way you can look a, a, along with me. Just hear God's word. Leviticus 19.3 Everyone shall reverence his mother and father, and you shall keep my Sabbaths. I am the Lord your God. Leviticus 26.2 You shall keep my Sabbaths and reverence my sanctuary. I am the Lord. Psalm 211 Worship the Lord with reverence and rejoice with trembling. Psalm 5-7 But as for me, by your abundant loving kindness, I will enter your house. At your holy temple, I will bow in reverence for you. Psalm 119-38 Establish your word to your servant is that which produces reverence for you. Isaiah 29-13 Then the Lord said, Because this people draw near with their words and honor me with their lip service, but they remove their hearts far from me. And their reverence for me consists of tradition learned by rote. And then Malachi 2.5. My covenant with him was one of life and peace. I saved them to him as an object of reverence. So he reverences me and stood in awe of my name. And then the New Testament from 1 Peter 3.15. But sanctify Christ as Lord in your hearts, always being ready to make a defense to everyone who asks you to give an account for the hope that is in you. Yet with gentleness and with reverence, they came into the temple of God. You be seated. <coughs> I know you're going, wow. Man, we're kind of doing this liturgy thing today, aren't we, Pastor? Standing, sitting, made us take our shoes off. Oh, we're just getting started. Because my prayer is that we're going to have some encounter today that you will talk about from generations. That you will talk to your kids about the glory of the Lord. You see, to worship the Lord is to go face down in His presence. It's the ultimate sign of an inward posture of the heart that we reverence Him because He's holy. When I talk about the reverence of God, I don't have this down. I'm just learning about it. I'm, I'm studying. I'm searching. It says that God meets with us in high and holy ways. He meets with us in a thunderous, glorious way when we come into His temple. But He also meets with us in quiet, intimate, gentle, soft ways. So let's pray. Lord, I thank you that our faith family is so incredibly attentive this morning. <coughs> Excuse me. And Lord, I pray that we would embrace your tender presence today, God. I pray that we would draw near to you, Lord. We need a fresh touch 
I pray you'd slow us down and get our attention and show us what it means to reverence, to give all, to give praise to God. In the name of Jesus, amen. On the screen behind me, it's going to come up about quieten your heart. I want you to look at this next slide with me as it comes up. Quieten your heart. Is it not coming up? Next. Go ahead, guys. You can go to the next image. To be quiet. Maybe it's not going to come. There's so much noise all around. In the quietness of this moment. The stillness of this hour reminds you and I that He is God. Just to sit in His presence for a while. Let's just be still for a moment. Lord, Your glory fills the temple. The stillness of Your voice stops men and women to even today, Lord. I pray that we connect with You. I pray that we work through the issues of our life. Maybe in this service You get our attention in a special way, Father. I'm going to invite You to do something. The, there's a scripture that's been behind me all morning. It's on the card when you came in, it says, Be still and know that I am God. Psalm 46.10 There's a wonderful song we open with by Watermark about still. So I'm trying to take us on a journey, if you will, spiritually today. Now I'm going to invite you, if you're able, and that's probably 99.9%, .9%, maybe all of you, I'm going to invite you to get out of your chair. Will you do that? Will you just get out of your chair and will you kneel down beside your chair right now? And what I want us to do is I want us to just have a time of confession. That's the wonderful thing I love about our living room. There's plenty of room between the chairs. And just ask the Lord to search your heart and see if there be any sinful or hurtful way within you. Holy Spirit, I thank you for moments of solitude today, of quietness. We're not in the habit of doing this. Teach us, Lord. Teach us to seek you and your counsel and your direction today. In the 1700s, as you're kneeling there on your knees, in the 1700s there was a wonderful man that has helped shape my theology. His name is John Wesley. John Wesley was a godly, holy man. 
He preached thousands and thousands of sermons. He rode by horseback to proclaim the gospel of grace. He was a prolific writer and sermon giver. But there is one prayer of confession that I want to read over us that was penned in the 1700s that has been written, has, has been read over and prayed over congregations for generations and generations. See if you can resonate with this. Forgive them all, O Lord, our sins of omission and our sins of commission. The sins of our youth and the sins of our riper years. The sins of our souls and the sins of our bodies. Our secret and our more open sins. Our sins of ignorance and surprise. And our more deliberate and presumptuous sin. The sins we have done to please ourselves. And the sins that we have done to please others. The sins we know and remember. And the sins that we have forgotten. The sins that we have striven to hide from others. And the sins by which we have made others offend. Forgive them, O Lord. Forgive them all for His sake, who died for our sins and rose for our justification, and now stands at the right hand to make intercession for us. Jesus Christ, our Lord. Lord, I pray that that would be the prayer of us as a body of Christ and us as individuals that are God-seekers. I pray that we would be in love with our neighbor. We'd even love and pray for our enemies. And yes, Lord, most importantly, we would love and be fully devoted to Jesus. God, have your way in us this morning. Thank you for this service that you've created. Slow us down. May it be said of us, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. May we listen to you today, O God. For we face and worship you. Meet us here in this high and holy place today, O oh God, in quiet and intimate ways. But slow us down. Make us more like Jesus. In the name of Christ, God's people said, Amen. If you want to, you can rise back to your seat. Wow. Confession. Face down. Over in Daniel, <coughs> he talks over in about the 10th chapter, the 15th verse, he talks about falling on their face before the Lord and encountering the heavenly throne of heaven, that they came into the presence of the Lord, that they didn't just journey to the church building, but they journeyed to the heart of Him. They came near. In 1 Samuel, in the 5th chapter, there's one of my favorite stories of that book. There was a Philistine god that they had worshipped, they had erected in the temple. The god's name was Dagon. It was just a statue that had a face and arms. And it would sit up in the temple. And it was making fun of Jehovah God. It was a fake, a false god. <coughs> and they would erect this uh, statue and they would go in and they would honor it. Well, there's no gods that can stand before Jehovah. And this god would fall over. 
And they would go back in the next day and they'd see that Dagon was down and that was defacing their faith. So they would, they would stand him back up. And one day they walked into the temple and Dagon wasn't only falling over, his head was missing and his arms were gone. They were knocked off. They were broken. They, they were shattered. It, it was an awesome thing if you really loved the Lord God because he was on his back. And the principle was this. No other gods can stand in the presence of the real true God, Jehovah. And this morning, all other gods have to bow. And that's what I'm praying in this service that God's going to teach us about bowing. In Leviticus 9.24, it says, Fire came out from the presence of the Lord, and when all the people saw it, they shouted for joy, and they fell face down. They fell down, prostrate before the Lord. He was holy. He was exalted in the temple. And here we are thousands of years later, 2008, and he is still high and exalted before the people of God. Amen? And I've hesitated to do this next part, but movements that have been willing to do this, when I went on the million men prayer focus years ago, we took a group from Christ Community. We went to Washington, D.C. to pray for our nation. Over one million men got on their knees before God. I got to be one millionth of that journey. And we bowed before God and we got on our faces and we cried out to God. It, I'll never forget that scene. And I thought, this is what it's going to be like to be in heaven. This is only a million. I don't know how many have been redeemed from the beginning of time. But I'm thinking, wow, God, this is going to be awesome. And then there's a great ministry called Passion that Louis Giglio started. And they have been known in their conferences of collegians across America that they would have the great celebration music just like we have. But they would come to a time where college students would abandon themselves to Jesus Christ and go, I will follow Him and I will follow no other. And they would simply get out of their chairs and they would fall on their faces before the Lord. And I've just been thinking, I said, you know, what would prevent us from getting on our face before the Lord? We've got new carpet. That was a joke. We, we really do. Now the carpet we had a few months ago, I don't know, I, we were probably giving you shots before you got down there or something. I don't know, it was pretty, pretty nasty. But in the presence of Jehovah, I thought, God, would you have the people at Christ community to sit down and we've confessed our sin and maybe we'd just fall on our faces before the Lord and go, God, we worship you. There is no other. You're worthy, God. So I'm going to invite you. Some of you might not do this because this is too radical for me. Well, I've been reading in my Bible about this thing. The presence of the Lord. And they shouted and they praised and they worshipped. And they stood in awe of who He was and they got on their face. I have a back study. We call it the cave. I have my office that people see. And I have the cave. And on the cave, it's where I meet with God very intimately. And I go in and I fall on my face many times. In the course of a week. And I cry out for you. And I cry out to my God. And I don't know if you have a place like that, but I encourage you to find a place. But I thought maybe on this day, maybe we could get on our faces before God and go, God, you're the hope that I need. This might be breakthrough for our church. Imagine that. How many would love to have breakthrough like we've never seen in their many souls being saved and one around here? And I thought, God, if it just means it, we need to get on our face and stay in that posture, and let's do it. So, you're saying, wow, 
You're into this moving. Well, you know, why not? So why don't you get out of your chair? Why don't you get on your face? Why don't you consider it? Get on your knees. And just go, Lord, I've sinned. Lord, I need you. Lord, there's none no greater than you, Father. This is the position of Scripture. Lord, we humble ourselves. We might even look like fools before each other, but God, we don't bow before man. We bow before you, Jesus. You're the one. You're the object of our devotion. You're worthy of our praise. We bow in humility. God, have mercy on us. Forgive us of our sins. As John Wesley said, of commission and omission, God, forgive us of specific sins as we've confessed those today, God. We cry out to you, God. If you don't come and shake us and shape us as a people, then we've merely run through the motion. Do a defining work in our fellowship today, God. That we go, there was a day that we marked it in time. In 2008, we got out of our chairs and we humbled ourselves before God. And we said, come. Come, God. Have your way. Oh, yeah. And I thought of one more thing. The Lord whispered to me this week and said, when we were on our faces, let's cry out for Jason and Melanie as they try to see this adoption all the way through before they get their son and daughter. Let's cry out to God on their behalf and stand in the gap. God bless this process. Give them beautiful, healthy children. Meet all their needs according to your riches in Christ Jesus. Show us how to pray for them. Thank you for their rescue. Just take a moment. Just cry out to God about the thing in your heart right now. Maybe it's your marriage. Maybe it's your family. Maybe it's a lack of direction. Maybe it's unforgiveness. An addiction. Just lay it before Him. Lord, we bless You. May we worship You. You can get back to your chairs if you want to again. Don't worry, I'm not through yet. <coughs> Out of the overflow of the heart, we speak and sing and give praise and we give worship. This exercise simply helped us to bend low and to surrender ourselves to the King. Honestly, that's the first time, I and mean, we've been on our knees and our faces probably before, but... Wow, I hope heaven was encouraged. I hope heaven was blessed by our, our response of our heart. In Revelation 7:11, it says, "The angels fell down on their faces before the Lord, and they worshiped God, 
I don't want some angel out doing me. How about you? I want to worship him because he died for me. The next slide talks about joyful noise. Maybe that'll come up. Joyful noise is to be accompanied with the lowliest of reverence. See, there's a balance here of worship and celebration and adoration and praise to the God of heaven. And then there's a time of reverence. And this morning I'm just trying to walk us through an exercise where we go, God, there's something different in our house today. And there's something that you're trying to touch our hearts. But we want to celebrate who you are. The next slide talks about celebration in all. It's his way. I'm so glad that God created celebration. How about you? I love to sing the praises of God. I love great praise music. There's a part of me this morning that's missed that. But this morning, I wanted it as your pastor. I wanted to lead you on a journey that somehow you'd go, maybe I didn't get that feeling. Maybe I didn't get that tingling. But man, I got the awe of the presence of God. I sat in His presence. I knelt in His presence. I got on my face in His presence. Can you imagine the conversations you can have with people? Man, we went to church and pastor said, get your face in the floor. You go, why did y'all do that? Because the Word of God teaches us that there's a posture like that that we can take as Christ followers. There's a proper sense of awe and respect and wonder and inspired and demands an encounter with Him. It demands our all. Malachi chapter 2, verses 4 and 5. It says, And you will know that I have sent you this admonition so that my covenant with Levi may continue, says the Lord Almighty. My covenant was with him, a covenant of life and peace. I gave them to him. This called for reverence, and he revered me. And he stood in awe of my name. This morning I pray that we stand in our hearts, and we stand physically in awe of who Jesus is. He's to be exalted in the temple. His blessings are for us. They're, they're conditional the Scripture says, Blessed are all who fear the Lord, who walk in His ways. As Christ followers, we're to walk in the ways of God. Jeremiah thirty-two thirty-nine says, And I will give them signalness of heart and action, so that they will always fear Me for their own good and the good of their children after them. I just thought about that. Do we have a singleness of heart that we follow Him and we follow Him hard? And some would say, yes. With single-hearted devotion, I follow Jesus. And some would have to be honest and go, no. There's not a lot of single-minded devotion in my life, but maybe there could be after today because God gets my attention. God is good to those that revere Him, the Scripture teaches. Psalm 34, 9 says, Fear the Lord, you as saints, for those who fear Him lack nothing. Did you hear that? If we fear God, we lack nothing. I don't know about you, but I don't want to lack anything. How about you? We like nothing when we fear God. You're saying, but I, I, I like so many things. Maybe because you don't fear God. And fear when we come into His presence. And Isaiah 33, 6 says, And He will be the sure foundation for your times, a rich store of salvation and wisdom and knowledge. The fear of the Lord is the key to this treasure. He meets the needs of those who revere Him. And how do we show reverence? Obedience. We obey Him. John 14, 24 says, Whoever has my command and obeys them, he is the one who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father. Wow, that's what I want. 
And John 15.10 says, And if you obey my commands, you will remain in my love. And just as I have obeyed my Father's commands, remain in His love by worship, by bowing down. Right now, I want us to do something different. We're going to move. On both sides of the room, I want you to look. If you're on that side, I want you to look at that cross. If you're on this side, I want you to look at that cross. There are baskets there. Ushers are not going to come to you this morning. I'm going to invite you to make a journey in just a moment to the cross. I'm going to ask you to make an offering to the Lord. You're going to give Him your tithes. You're going to give Him your best tithe. You're going to give Him 10%. You're going to give them your best love gift. Maybe you say, well, pastor, I give once a month. Or maybe you're going to go over and say, but Jesus, I want to give you my purity. I want to give you my devotion. I want to give you my marriage. I want to give you this problem, God. I want to give you my possessions. I want to give you my repentance. But you've got a card. And it's an act of worship. Maybe you'll take that card. Maybe you'll just write something on it and put that card in the basket. But I'm just going to invite us as the Spirit leads, just for you to get up. And in and, and these two sections, you're going to go that way. And these two sections, you're going to go to the cross. And there's baskets there. And if you need to go there and kneel down, just stay kneeling. That's fine. But let's make this an act of worship that we offer to Him. Lord Jesus, we give these gifts to You right now. We make our offering to You, Father. Receive them in Jesus' name. I invite you to go, church. Let's make our way to the cross.
in the quietness of the moment, just give Him praise from your heart. Offer Him thanks and praise and blessing. Respond to His holiness. As Isaiah says, the highway of holiness. Respond to his leadership. Second Chronicles says, we might say, uh, we do not know what to do. But our eyes are upon you. We might say we have no power against the great multitude that is coming against us. But our eyes are on you. The scripture reminds us that the battle is not yours. But God's. Our Heavenly Father uses every opportunity to draw us to Himself, even if it's a minor inconvenience or a personal weakness that simply leads us to ask for His help. We ask Him for His help now. Teach us to fear you, Lord, to follow after you, to have appropriate awe and respect and reverence for your name and for the things that matter to you. Teach us as a fellowship the fear of the Lord. The last act, I invite you to open your eyes and look at the screen. The fear of the Lord is three things. 
couple weeks ago, I heard Brennan Manning in California talk about the fear of God. And he said these three phrases that have been ringing in my spirit ever since I heard them. And he says simply, the fear of the Lord is silent wonder. I like that. I'd encourage you somewhere to write this down or remember this. Because people always say, what, what is fear? What is fear of God? What is the fear of the Lord? It's simply silent wonder. He's a mystery. Secondly, it's radical amazement. We're amazed that a God would die for us. That a God calls us into relationship with Him through Jesus Christ. We're amazed about the depth of His love and His character. Silent wonder. Radical amazement. And third and not last, affectionate awe. Do we have that affectionate awe of Him? That He's changed our lives. That He's changing us even now as we gather in His presence. Lord, forgive us for where we've made worship something that it's not. Teach us the fullness of what it is and what it isn't. But to capture our hearts and our minds, God. Bless us as we continue in worship. And may they not be just songs, but may it be the cry of our heart. Let's continue to worship the Lord together.